Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on Believe in Soccer, the Red Bulls' first winning streak of the season and another four-goal explosion. The Shep Messing Daily Cast begins now. Hi and welcome everybody. It's Believe in Soccer, the Shep Messing Daily Cast. My name is Steve Cangelosi and this is coming to you moments after the Red Bulls 4-1 victory over the Montreal Impact. And Thierry Henry's return to Red Bull Arena on Sunday night, but it was the Red Bulls producing another emphatic victory. 4-1 scoreline, if it sounds familiar, it should. That was how they beat into Miami in midweek on the road. And Shep Messing, now they have a little something going. What was your big take on the game Sunday night? Well, I enjoyed broadcasting it with you, Steve. And my big take was when the game started, it was barely four or five minutes old. And Bouillon hits a ball, as good a goal as you'll ever see. And I'm thinking, here we go again, because they're down one nothing. And really, Steve, for the first 20 minutes, I thought Montreal had a couple of other good goal-scoring opportunities. But my takeaway from the game, Red Bull came back. They played hard. They moved without the ball. They pressed when they didn't have the ball. And they did something they've had difficulty doing all year long. They scored goals, and they were some terrific goals. We'll hear from Bradley Carnell in just a few moments, but it's interesting the take of a coach. You don't want to get too high after a win, I understand. You don't want to get too low after a loss. And I think some fans were taken aback. When Carnell put a rather positive spin on some shutout defeats at home, and sure enough, in our post-game interview with him on MSG, uh, he made sure he was critical of certain elements of their game. Is, is that coach speak, or was he really not pleased, you think, with some of the things he saw in the first half? Yeah, I think, Steve, a little bit of both, really, because I know what he's talking about, and Tim Parker uh, said the same thing when, when he was interviewed after the game. The first 20, 25 minutes, they were a little loose in the back, and, and they were caught out of position several times, Montreal, with a little little bit of luck, could have had a couple more goals. So I, I understand he was upset, but the, you know the, the takeaway when you win at home, four to one, going away, you've got to be pleased, and he's got to be giving his players a pat on the back. If you were watching our telecast of this game on the MSG network, you might have seen some statistical matter that we passed along early concerning Tom Barlow, because only five other players in Major League Soccer were producing more shots on goal per 90 minutes leading up to this game against Montreal. And that's among players who've played at least 400 minutes. Barlow was putting himself in position to score. He just wasn't finding the back of the net. But then the explosion. Eggball, Barlow settled off the chest. Tom Barlow with the finish, and we are tied! Manny Eggbo's service. Caceres. Able to send this ball in. Royer, and it's deflected home! Two goals to give his team the lead. What does the night mean for him? Yeah, Steve, look, you and I have talked about goal scorers, strikers in particular. And, 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 and look, full disclosure, I don't like strikers, right? It's my days as a goalkeeper. I hate strikers. But they're, they're as crazy as goalkeepers. They really are. They, their mentality is so fragile 
their ego is so big. You have to have a big ego to want the ball and, and be that guy up top who the team is counting on. So to answer your question, for Tom Barlow, it, it's a magical night. He, he really, it really gives him back his swagger. Uh, you know, goal scorers say, look, the goals are going to come, but every night they don't come, it, it weighs on them. So uh, he broke out tonight. Understanding that this was a very big week for Barlow, who has his first two goals of the season, for Brian White, who scored in midweek and has his first goal in more than 400 days in Major League Soccer. But when you think of the Red Bulls right now, uh, it might not be the ultimate star power team, but when you think of this club and the guys that will see them through, it's Kaku, it's Royer. They were both terrific in this game. Yeah, they really were. You talk about the leaders on this team in terms of production. Those are the two guys. The two leaders in the back uh, are the pair of central defenders, Aaron Long and Tim Parker. But the guys who dictate whether you're going to win or lose a game, for the most part, uh, you hit it on the head. Danny Royer and Kaku. And look, Danny Royer has been so consistently good, we're used to it. Kaku... When he's playing, and you said it during the broadcast, with a smile on his face and he's having a good time, he's brilliant. So those two guys were on fire tonight. Kaku had a goal and an assist in the match for Daniel Royer, a goal and two assists, and he's now scored in consecutive games as the Red Bulls produce back-to-back victories for the first time this year. Bradley Carnell is the interim head coach of this team, and tonight he collects his third win as interim head coach. This is a big deal for him. I'm, I'm really excited with the response from the guys, and uh, we've seen it in training, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just see it in, in um, the alertness and the attentiveness uh, to video sessions, and yeah, just taking small little details to heart, and uh, yeah, taking nothing personal. I've been direct with the players, um, and I've told them, you know, if I don't like certain things, I'll, t- I'll tell them, you know, and uh, we have nothing to hide in and amongst our group. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot to gain. Um, and I think now we can slowly start seeing little uh, sort of pieces of the puzzle falling into place and getting guys into the right spots and uh, getting our strikers on the scoring sheet. So guys are putting a hell of a lot of effort into the training. Um, they're really, you know, getting set up in, in, in a right way from a frame of mind and a mental point of view. Plus, uh, Tony... And the, and the fitness guys, they're doing their job as well to handle this grueling schedule. I mean, it's crazy. Just speaking to Thierry earlier, you know, the schedule that those guys have had to endure, um, you know, I take my head off to them because they gave us a real game. And, uh, yeah, for that, he, he should be proud of that. Uh, you and I touched on it during the broadcast, unconfirmed reports that Gerard Struber, uh, the head coach at Barnsley in the English Championship, uh, could be taking over this team. That is not a done deal. The Red Bulls right now aren't commenting on those reports, but I'm going to try to have you put yourself in Bradley Carnell's position. It's an audition right now for something, maybe something internally with this team. Maybe he still clings to hope that he's got a shot to manage this team long-term, but at the very least, this is about making an impression globally because we do know this. He does want to manage somewhere down the road. Uh, Look, Steve, great point, and I have two points of view about it, both positive. Uh, For Bradley Carnell, you hit it on the head. But remember, he's got a track record coming from South Africa, playing professionally in Germany, playing in a World Cup. He's he's been through tough situations before where every day, every week, you got to prove himself. 
yourself. And he's doing it again as an assistant coach, as you spoke about, looking for that head coaching job. He's a big boy. He knows what's going on. And to your point, he's going to do everything he can to impress his current boss, Kevin Fellwell. That doesn't mean he's going to end up here. He's probably not. I, I got to tell you, my other thought, and I spoke to you about it today, I've never been as excited the last three, four years, maybe the last 25 years, than this rumor that's going around. Because what it speaks to for me is that the big boss of Red Bull in Austria, Dietrich, he cares about this team. The rumor is he's personally negotiating to get the coach he wants out of Barnsley. Mm. The guy, Kevin Thelwell, that they brought in is a big-time guy, and he's putting his stamp on this team. My hope for the future, like all fans of the team, I want championships. I want a team to be proud of. And so far, those things that are going on behind the scenes are good indications for me. On the field, I think fans are now going to ask the questions. Let's uh, let's face it, eight goals in the last two games. Are the Red Bulls back? How would you answer that question now? <laughs> you know what? I, I'll answer it that the answer is yes, but not the Red Bulls that we knew, right? Without the star power, Thierry Henry was on the field, but other side of the bench. So this is a different team, and you pointed it out extremely well, Steve. In this crazy season, when there's congestion of games, I would make the argument this Red Bull team could be as strong as any team in the league when you go through the roster 1-20, to 20, right? Players like Ben Mines, Florian Velo, people we thought were role players, uh, they're producing. So when you look down the bench, and you, you're talking about Sean Davis still hurt, Schakowsky out, they have a tremendous depth and quality in the roster, maybe not the stars, but one to 20, I might put this team up with every other team in the league. The Red Bulls remain tied for sixth points wise in the Eastern conference as the dust settles on the weekend because New York city won its game on Saturday, New England won its game against DC United on Sunday night. Just want to do a quick glance at some other things that happened in the Eastern conference that are shaping this race moving forward. Uh, New England gets goals from Buxa and Bo defeats DC United at Audi field Two nothing was the final Ben Olsen. I understand is having a tough time. He referred to his own team as a bunch of frauds in the last loss to Nashville for the way they responded in the first half. But uh, ultimately is the head coach in trouble right now? Look, sad to say, yes. Anybody who knows Ben Olsen loves him, respects him as a player, as a manager, what he's been through. He's the heart of that DC United franchise. I can't imagine that franchise without him. Nobody can. But this is inevitable, if, if, and you touched on it last week, very hard when you have an iconic figure as a player become your manager. Look, it's the reason I never went into coaching, because the day you get hired, you know you're going to be fired one day. But I'm sure he'll have a landing place if, if he does get dismissed in that organization. He's a quality player, he's a quality coach, and he's a quality guy. Toronto FC over Columbus 3-1 to one in the heavyweight matchup in the Eastern Conference on Sunday. Josie Altador, Pozuelo, Richie Larea with the goals for Toronto. And now suddenly, 
this race for the penthouse in the Eastern Conference takes a little bit of different shape. Columbus at 30 points, Toronto and Philadelphia at 28 each. At Rentschler Field, the home away from home now for Toronto FC, that's a big statement win for the team from Canada. Yeah, we talk about consistency at the top of the league. Well, Toronto's right up there, right? The teams over the last bunch of years, Seattle and Toronto, you always think they're going to be there. And when they slip, Greg Vanny gets it right. The biggest thing there for me in Toronto is, is a healthy Josie Altidore scoring goals, which he did today. So, yeah, right now those are the two teams, but you and I have talked about it before, Steve. This is 2020. The playoffs are knockout. I think anybody that gets in can win. For Josie Altador, second goal in 11 MLS appearances this year. The debut of Gonzalo Higuain did not go well for Inter Miami. Granted, that's a tough game on the road against Philadelphia. He almost scored, Shep, on a bicycle kick that would have been your introductory highlight to MLS. He came within a few inches of doing that, but there was an embarrassing moment later in the match. He missed the net on a penalty. Well, I don't want to jinx him, but this could be the second coming of Rafa Marquez, right? We're all excited. We're all excited about him, but give me a break. I mean, you can't put a penalty kick in. That's a bad start, real bad start. Uh, Chicago defeated Atlanta in the other game in the Eastern Conference, so they've now outscored their opponents 6 nothing in the last two uh, matches. Robert Berich is now the player who's scored in each of the last four games that he's played in. I'm not sure Atlanta's going to find traction between now and the end of the season. Any gut feeling there? <laughs> yeah, how bad can they get? I mean, really, that's, that's – I mean, it's sad to see, but – you know, hopefully they'll turn things around, but Steve, it's not going to be this season. They're going nowhere. All right. So the Red Bulls, as we wrap this up, now have six days of preparation for their next match. And let's be real. That'll be a step up in competition for them. Oscar Perea's Orlando City team, which comes off a scoreless draw against FC Dallas on Sunday night. Uh, they want the victories over teams you expect them to do well against to stand up. What would it say if they get a result on the road in a tough place next weekend? The big game on Fox before a national audience. Well, Steve, I think, I think that's the biggest game of the season to date for them because, let's face it, they beat Inter-Miami a 4-1. to They won tonight against a decimated Montreal team, 4-1. to This is a different team they're playing next week. We know what Orlando City has become. Since Pareja has taken over, what Nani does, maybe Red Bulls get a little bit of a break. Mendez for Orlando was red carded in the game. But if they, Red Bulls, can find a way to get a result down there, then they have every reason to be optimistic what they could do this year. I'm wondering when Mandela Egbo comes out of the starting 11, Shep. I have a suspicion it's not going to be their next game. This was another solid performance and only his fourth MLS start, and he picked up his first MLS assist in this game. Yeah, he looks great, Steve. And, and we've talked to him uh, for this show. And articulate, thoughtful, worldly, you know, when we question him about, you know, very unusual for an English player to go to Germany, uh, to come to MLS, um, he was thoughtful about it. He wanted, he wanted worldly experiences. 
But on the field, he's tough. He's dynamic. He could get forward. You talked about the penalty kick. Picked up a beautiful assist tonight. And I laughed when, when we asked him, what, what do you really enjoy when you're on the field? He goes, look, it's equal. I like getting forward, but I like a good crunching tackle. That's what I want to hear from my right back. Aaron Long did not play in the victory over Montreal. He'll be well-rested for the game against Orlando City. And a story that we'll keep an eye on as we take you up to the next Red Bulls match. Ryan Mara waking up, making his way back from a hip flexor injury. Could he be ready to take the job back from David Jensen, who collected his fourth win of the season on Sunday night? The Red Bulls over the impact, 4-1. to Chet Messing and I will be back tomorrow with more on Believe in Soccer, the Chet Messing Daily Cast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.